players in the franchise's 142-year history were right fielders. This team right now has no idea who's going to be in right field next summer. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or football. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Steelers in the same place that you found this. National 6, Pirates 2 last night at PNC Park. No one was there. Not much of anything occurred of note. Really, almost nothing even worth mentioning, unless you want to count Brian Reynolds being thrown out trying to steal home in the third inning. The right fielders, plural for this game, were in order. Connor Joe as the starter and Josh Palacios entered later after pinch hitting. And those are kind of the right fielders now, meaning in general. If you really had to squeeze right field out of somebody else, you could always slide Jack Sawinski over there. And once he returns from the injured list, Henry Davis, I'm sure, is going to get the bulk of the remaining reps out there. But is Henry your right fielder next year? Is he? I. Th- this is probably the place to begin and end this conversation. It's a lot like trying to break down how the infield will look before you know whether or not O'Neill Cruz can handle a return to shortstop. You got to see it. You got to believe it. And then from there, you got to project it. Well, when it comes to Henry, the first decision that has to be made is the obvious one. Are you really going to give him a shot at catcher? And from there... If you're going to do that, do you actually have faith that he can succeed, or are you just wasting his and everyone's time? Are you essentially appeasing him by giving him that shot? My hope, and I've expressed this before, is that the Pirates are honest, first with themselves, second with the kid. Don't lie to him. Don't pump his tires if you don't believe that there's any vehicle there. My sense for this all along, and I was saying this on the day he was drafted based on something that I'd heard from a scout, and it's just continued to play out, is that they didn't see him as a catcher. They saw him as having defensive shortcomings. Now, one of those is obviously not the arm, but there's a whole lot more to catching than the arm. And in Ben Charrington's criteria... As we've seen, he will take a hitter at 120 with no career home runs, like no lifetime home runs, not even in Little League, as long as that's a good defensive catcher. I think he's gone beyond overboard with the concept, but I'm sharing it so that you understand where it is that the guy running baseball ops would want to see Henry or at least somewhere within that vicinity. Andy Rodriguez comes up. Andy is still a work in progress behind the plate. You still see that he's not catching Mitch Keller. That's not an accident. You still see that there are some issues back there. You also see some pluses. 
And Henry, you just haven't seen. My friends, this season's been shot. And I mean shot through the head for three months now. This team's had no chance to compete or contend for anything for a long time. And Henry's been up a lot of that time. And they still won't put him back there. They still won't give him a shot other than if it's a 10-12 run blowout. And then it's like, all right, it's okay, it's safe. You can put Henry back there in this completely meaningless game. That's that's uh, showing you rather than telling you how they feel. Look at the timetable. Ask yourself if Henry could or would partake in some sort of fall ball or winter ball or what have you and work exclusively behind the plate. I'm not sure that'd be a great idea, parenthetically, because I'm not sure I'd want to wear him down in advance of what's ideally going to be a nice, long, healthy 2024 for him. But all you'd have is that, plus spring training, and boom. And what are you going to do from there? You're going to have Henry and Andy as your tandem? That sounds wonderful offensively. But who's your defensive stalwart? Who's your guy that's going to be the one who satisfies the GM? You see where I'm going here? I know they ran Jason DeLay through waivers and got away with it, but they really, really like him. The GM really likes him. And I don't think you're going to see him not be around. I don't think you're going to see the Pirates put themselves into a situation where they don't feel like they have the defensive catcher they need for a given situation, whether that's catching Keller or whatever. So in that event, adding all of this up, Give Henry a shot, man. Give Henry a shot to learn right field. You can roll your eyes at the mistakes that you've seen him make out there. You've seen you know, routine singles go under his glove. You've seen poor routes, particularly over towards center field. You've seen him look confused by the Clemente wall, which, by the way, most visiting outfielders are when they come to PNC Park, so no one should feel any sort of shame in that but let him let him get good at it let him try to get good at it this is an athlete he can do some things you've seen him run the bases i don't want to hear about first base i don't want to hear about any position where you're taking an 80 grade arm and not utilizing it and that would be first base if you put Henry in right field, you at least know, and this you've seen too, that he's got a weapon out there. Before I go to break, how many of you got all three of the right fielders? You know the thing I said at the beginning? Come on. Easy one, Roberto Clemente. Relatively easy one, Dave Parker. But if you don't know about Paul Wayner from the 1920s, read up. There are people who argue Maybe not successfully, but they argue that he could have been, maybe was, the greatest of all of the Pirates right fielders. Uh-huh. When we come back, J1Q. 
This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door. Your car. Your bike. Your computer. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit projectchildsafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q is a response, really, to the lead subject from yesterday's episode discussing Kebrian Hayes publicly challenging Major League Baseball to go to the automatic balls and strikes system or the ABS system as it's known inside the game. And Key himself, for what it's worth, declined to speak about this yesterday before the game meeting with reporters at PNC Park, the first time anyone had been around him since he'd made that tweet. So who knows what kind of response he got from somebody, whether it's from the team, whether it was from the league, who knows. But the J1Q that comes from Andrew says, DK, the ABS challenge system implementation in minor league baseball is pretty quick and fan-friendly. Either member of the battery and the batter is able to pat his head to request an appeal to the system that has already determined the result, just like we see in real time on TV. A brief animation similar to what we see on TV is immediately shown on the stadium jumbotron, and the result is presented. The whole appeal takes less than 10 seconds, and it's visible to all fans in real time. Sounds really cool, actually. That's how it's working now across the minors. It'll add new drama to the big league game and get the obvious egregious calls corrected. A guy like Brian Reynolds will see his OBP go up by 50 or even 100 points, and good pitch framers, catchers, will continue to have a role in forcing opponents to second-guess themselves lest they waste a challenge on a close call. Can't get here soon enough. Andrew, this is great. Like, if I had my own J1Qs about the ABS system, you answered literally every one of them with this extraordinary submission here. Thank you very much for that. I am humbled by your knowledge. I'd love to hear back from you as to what your background is in minor league baseball because you're clearly more invested than some casual fan. Really, really, really cool. Thanks to you and thanks to everybody for listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. Tomorrow.